to do. Ray, it is perhaps the most important job in the world. The Outline World Dispatch. It's Wednesday, September 13th, 2017. I'm John Lago Marcino. Today on The Dispatch, Jeffy Haza on the waning relevance of South Park. It's a case study in what happens when woke white dudes keep making art for other woke white dudes. And William Turton on the cult of Apple secrecy. And the worst thing that you could possibly do would be to leak information about a new product. Here's The Dispatch. Culture. South Park begins its 21st season tonight. For as long as the show's been on the air, it has featured animated renditions of real-life celebrities, politicians, and athletes stirring up controversies that take cues from the real world. This season's premiere is set to address white nationalism. Your Honor, please. We're trying to help people, and it's impossible with these guys waving a Confederate flag every chance they get. But as the world around it changes, South Park's perspective remains limited. It's a case study in what happens when woke white dudes keep making art for other woke white dudes. Even in its most well-meaning moments, South Park never strays too far from All Lives Matter territory. A promo for an episode that aired last year lampooned the protest made by former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is brave. Cops are pigs. Cops are pigs. Wait, someone just took my stuff. I need to call the cops. The satire never cuts much deeper than vacant criticism about who is and isn't actually woke. The show's only black character, Token, is often used as a vehicle to tackle race. But the South Park writers figured that they were doing something subversive by making him the richest character in the town. The show generally shies away from skewing systemic racism or presenting issues of race in a way that regards the black experience as a unique and valid perspective. South Park has never been terribly successful at addressing anything outside of its very tiny universe. Welcome back to the channel. Today, we get to check out a little bit more of South Park, The Fractured But Whole. An upcoming video game based on the series attempts to present a woke understanding of the issue of race by making it harder to play as a black character. Um, let's choose... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Choose difficulty. That's... No. That's, that's messed up. The move isolates black video game players already left with few options for playing as a character who looks like them in the pasty white South Park world. South Park has been at its most critically acclaimed when thoughtfully satirizing the national mood. A 2007 episode called Imagination Land was a three-part story that served as an allegory for the war on terror, and it actually won the series an Emmy Award. The episode suggested that the threat of terror that was consuming the country and subsequently plunged us into a needless war was based on imaginary fears. Whoa, whoa, hang on, y'all. You can't just kill her. That's not evil enough. What do you mean? We cut out her eyeball. Yeah, that's super hardcore. But looking back, the episode feels stilted. The war on terror was certainly about America's fear of terrorism after 9-11, but it also had plenty to do with Islamophobia. The rise of Donald Trump, whose rhetoric around Islam has been venomous, makes the episode's central premise seem limited. It's hard to say who exactly South Park is for anymore. Other animated series, like Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman, tackle many of the same issues as South Park and with a refreshing helping of nuance. For the past 21 seasons, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have given fake woke white people a sense of self-satisfaction, a belief that their myopic opinions were the right ones. 
Much like a joke South Park made about the residents of San Francisco, they smugly inhaled their own farts. By now, you probably know that there are three new Apple iPhones based on the breathless media coverage of yesterday. But we knew a lot about them already before the announcement. This weekend, Apple's finely tuned secrecy infrastructure failed spectacularly as the company suffered its biggest product information leak since an employee left an iPhone 4 in a bar in 2010 that ended up in the hands of tech blog Gizmodo. Apple's obsession with secrecy has always been borderline comical in its cultishness. But everything seems to leak anyway these days. William Turton is here to talk about that. William, why is secrecy so weird at Apple? So I've been reporting on secrecy at Apple. Um, and, you know, secrecy is this kind of thing in the tech industry generally that's really weird. But at Apple, it's kind of specifically weird where they have this culture that you're not allowed to talk to your friends and your family about what you're working on. Everything's really top secret, and the worst thing that you could possibly do would be to leak information about a new product. What's the benefit of the secrecy to them? I reported on this recording a couple months ago that I got, um, which was two of the people who run the secrecy teams at Apple, the person who runs global investigations and the person who runs global security. And what they spoke about at that meeting was maintaining uh surprise and delight, which is this kind of catchphrase at Apple. And what that is, is when they announce a new product, they do this keynote where they stand on the stage and talk about their new phone. And they say something that none of the customers knew already. It wasn't leaked in the press beforehand. Now, it seems to me, the more they talk about secrecy like this, the less and less I've been surprised and delighted by any announcements over time. Am I imagining this? No, you're totally right. I spoke to the publisher and founder of 9to5Mac, which is this Mac blog that does a lot of coverage of all things Apple, and they also cover leaks. And I spoke to him, and he said, you know, the last time I've really been shocked or surprised by an Apple announcement, you'd have to go all the way back to the original iPhone. An iPod. <laughs> a phone. Are you getting it? And in my reporting on that recording, we learned that it's kind of a personal project for the CEO, Tim Cook, now. It's something that he really cares about. But despite employing this huge security apparatus and um, inspiring this culture of fear at the company, things still leak. We get that there's a passion out there and there's a voracious appetite to understand what's going on and to gain an insight. And there are <coughs> sites that love Apple that post stuff just out of you know, a misplaced love of us, honestly. And, and that's, that's good. We can't ever be mad at that or upset about that. It's more the, 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 you know, the lost opportunity to make a lot of people really happy with the news. And despite all this, the leaks seem to be getting more and more and more specific over time and more accurate, too. Like, how dead on were these leaks? I mean, what leaked this weekend, the weekend before the announcement, was literally all of the details of the latest operating system, which included all the details about the new phones. And all, you know, most of the details about how there would be an iPhone X and it would be $1,000 and they have all this new features and the way it looks and the screen. All of those details were reported in the press 
before Apple announced it. So Apple, here's the key. Apple is employing this huge apparatus, making their employees scared. um, And, you know, some employees will complain that it makes the work not as good because you're not allowed to talk to other teams and collaborate because so many things are secret. But even though they do all this, the stuff still leaks. So at the end of the day, is this a losing battle? Should they even be caring this much about secrecy? Well, I mean, whatever we think about it, Apple is totally committed. And it's uh, they talk about their attitude in this recording and they say, you know, we never take the attitude that stuff is just going to leak anyway. We're going to do everything in our power to stop these leaks. But it seems to be that they're scaring their employees into this, like, code of silence over an iPhone. You know, we're not talking state secrets here. No one's going to live or die based on if details of the new iPhone gets leaked. Um, And they're kind of creating this really weird and bizarre culture. You getting a new iPhone? Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, William. Thanks, John. That's it for The Dispatch. We're here four days a week, every Monday through Thursday. And you can catch us anywhere you get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now Spotify too. Just search for World Dispatch. And if you like the show, why not tell a friend about it? I'm John Lagomarsino. Thanks for listening. Back again with more stories tomorrow.